After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit, like this. Tiffany, why did you dookie on Eric's pillow? My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today, you have some adcolades and admonishments. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little of both, I think. Even within the same commercial, it's some. I've got, oh. I've got some wise split and decisions? wise and wherefores. Ooh, should I? If we have split decisions, should I get out that old judge's hammer sound effect that you like so much? <laughs> judge's the hammer. old uh, the old gavel. I can't um, find it right now, but I, I could pull it out. No, I just want to talk about these because there's some. These are some ads that I'm. They're really making me scratch my head. I'll find the gavel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know that that's what you really want. Here, is this going to be? Ah, That's, perfect. There's that old judge's hammer. There's that judge's hammer. Plus, the reviews are in, and they're not good. <laughs> they're, well, they are good. There's mostly good reviews, but we've got a, we found a few haters. Wait, hold on. These are reviews for our own show. These are reviews yeah. for After These Messages going all the way back to 2015 when we were brand new. What prompted this? I realized that... For years, I thought that I couldn't look at Apple reviews because I lost my Apple password. Oh. And then I realized that there are all kinds of ways you can access that information. You don't need to have, uh, a, you know, a password mm-hmm. to go look at them. Um, and so I kind of got into some reviews for our show. And, and after leaving it essentially alone for five or six years, it was kind of fun to suddenly be inundated with mm-hmm. them. And I got to say, the majority were just absolute valentines and and fantastic but that's so boring the fun and interesting ones are the truly deranged ones well like, I, I can't wait to share them i gotta be honest with you Veeves. you told me that you had found i think we're gonna read like maybe three or four of these these negative reviews and i really got the impression that you were kind of into it because they were kind of taking aim at you but then the very first one i read right before the show <laughs> it's not just me really kind of <laughs> took the wind out of my sails i'm not even joking and i know that the whole point is we're supposed to have a sense of humor about these things but like i'm about to crack open a microphone i'm just like reading this kind of cruel thing that somebody is writing about you me gotta, you and, gotta lead into it yeah well yeah but i mean how about some warning? you gotta steer into the skin how about that's, some warning and i like deal. the way that you led with the one that is like <laughs> shitty towards me and glowing towards you so. i wouldn't say it was glowing it's just the reviewer hates you more than they hate me. Mm, I don't know if that's true. But anyway, we will, of course, check in with the Ad Council. In fact, we have a jingle, Genevieve. Somebody called our voicemail line and left us a jingle. And this is a longtime listener, a, a somewhat frequent jingler. And she followed up with an email with a link to the song that she was singing. And she said that she plays a game with herself where she tries to sing it on our voicemail line first and then goes back to the original to see how well she nailed it. Because this is an old jingle from the yeah, 90s. Yeah, upping the difficulty level. Exactly. So she um, she wrote in with a review of her own jingle. <laughs> Everybody's reviewing everybody today. A lot so. of reviews. A lot of reviews. So let's start with some admonishments and adcolades. I think I said that backwards. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good 
You know that's really hard to say, right? Yeah, Ad-tolades I didn't make it up. It was and a admonishments. I know, but you make me say it though. It used to be cheese and G's. You see how easy that is? Yeah, but that has nothing to do with our what we do. That was just like a bastardization of a of a TV guy of a TV guy joint thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what do you have first? I can I can I make a quick confession here? Something that I confess, I think more and more frequently on the show. I'm exhausted. I don't know why. I went. I had this giant lunch too much beef stew at lunch (laughs) i think and my brain isn't working right but i will say that in clicking on some of these commercials you are presenting here today genevieve a couple of them just have me feeling like they're a total mess and i cannot follow what's going on but i'm wondering if that's just my state of mind like my brain maybe is not doing a good job of sorting information right now well i i can tell you that i all of these are sort of um I have some questions and some some confusion about them, like why these why some choices were made in these mm-hmm. ads. Why don't we start with this one from IKEA? Um, this is a uh, an ad about uh, IKEA's role that they can that they want to play in having you buy things that are reusable. So you know, instead of having uh, you know a bunch of plastic bags to get your fruit from them at the store you take mesh bags and mm-hmm. you use that to you know get your get your fruit and whatever um but it's told from the perspective of these robots these kind of like post-apocalypse real beat up looking robots i guess the story here is the earth has somehow killed itself and there's no people left and oh, really? only yeah i mean it's you really have to use your imagination to make that to to like make that leap but that's my understanding from reading about it oh see i okay see this is what i mean i did not get that at all i did not understand why these are robots why are these robots right so you have these robots they sort of look like they're yellow uh kind of school bus yellow they're very beat up they're they seem industrial but they have kind of gritty looking kind of like kind of like star wars Wars robots in the way that they seem like they've been around for a while and and they were built to serve some very sort of industrial or or Per, whatever purpose they do have little faces little digital faces on a screen um like a gigapet sort of like a gigapet um and they're kind of they have like bulbous uh bodies and heads and then these chunky arms so they're okay. these ro- that's but they live as a family can i say i also get some very heavy wall e vibes yeah it's from got this. a wall e quality to it with the these robots that have emotions um and, and have been left to be the stewards of this ruined planet basically so the story here, and I think it's, I have to tell the story because I'm pretty sure there's no no uh, audio other than the music. The child robot, which again, how is it a child? Was it built to be a child? Why is it more of like a well, child? Well, you see Genevieve when a robot really loves another why robot. Is it, why is one robot more of a child than any other robot? But the child robot sees uh, an old movie theater that has like a, a poster, you know, like a marquee mm-hmm. poster uh, for a movie called Defender Droids Saving the Planet. And it it speaks to this robot like, oh, that, you know, I see myself in this old movie poster. And he gets the idea that it needs to save the planet. So it goes through this very degraded industrial landscape, um, picking up uh, like plastic bags and garbage, and it comes home very sort of demoralized. It hasn't been able to help. But then it, I didn't get any of this. But then it gets this. to its family life. Holy macaroons. And for some reason, these robots are also growing food and eating food. Like they're growing carrots. And so its family is using all these IKEA products to uh, 
like be environmentally responsible like uh, refilling little you, uh, like jars full of their weekly meal for Monday, right? Tuesday, doing Wednesday. meal prep, um, growing fret vegetables uh, in in a little garden cart, uh, and it makes the little robot happy. This commercial is a goddamn mess, right? Would you have gotten any of that without reading this description below it? No, now I not, see it's a post-apocalyptic it. <laughs> future. A robot identifies a command from the tagline of a movie poster: "Save the world." Like everything happens so quickly, so it's going around picking up litter. I thought it was—I didn't know this was a child robot. I thought this was like a um, construction worker robot that was coming home from a long day. None of this makes sense. And you're <laughs> no. just like watching TV. You're watching, let's say, your your Columbo or your Monk. Or or some other new TV show that everybody is hyped about. <laughs> right. And um, this just comes out in the middle of it, and you're supposed to get all of this backstory of this family it's of bananas. robots? That's what I'm saying. It this makes no terrible. sense. It doesn't, you don't get enough information from watching it to get any of this. And also, when you do unpack it, none of this makes, I understand there's a certain amount of, you know, we personify robots for entertainment and for storytelling, and that's the whole point of Wally. But Wally at least is true to the idea that Wally it does not live in a family. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the baby of some other robot. No, no. All right, I guess I'll hit play on this. But okay, so yeah. it begins with this robot that you never know is a child robot. Because it's well, just a it come, robot. Well, you're not. Yeah, but you, when you see it come home, it's shorter than the. Yeah, but that what I was gonna say was the not adult robot. Well, right. That's what I mean, though. But that's the end of the commercial. Yeah. So you don't even have that context until the end when you see it next to other robots in this family setting. Looks at the billboard. Save the planet. Now it's picking up litter in like a really disgusting-looking futuristic like L.A. river basin or something. Now it's coming home, muddy and crying. But the family is now doing meal prep, and it's starting to show. Help save the planet. Small decisions make a world of difference. IKEA. Did I talk over something that explains it there at the end? Should I no, go back? No, she just said small decisions make a world of difference. Okay, yeah. Um, no, yeah, this nothing is explains a mess. it. It's really a mess. But at the same time, there is some. It's visually appealing. You know, it's IKEA, so it's not like it's. You know, the production values are terrible, and there is something kind of. I think appealing about this robot family and of course IKEA the goods and stuff that they make and sell are always very cute and you you can imagine like wanting them you know so there's a quality to it that I like despite how completely bananas the plot of that ad is yeah and and just not even a bananas plot but a confusing muddled unclear plot and unclear message and it doesn't well the message seems straightforward even having watched it, yeah, I guess. Like I caught it, like on with the sound off at a bar or something, mm-hmm. which is where Watching I noticed Monk, it. Yeah. Watching Monk, I go to a bar that uh-huh. sh- I go to a Monk bar. Yeah, I love the Monk bar. And uh, we there's all there's one in every city. We all know, watch yeah. Monk. Um, but they showed this ad, and you know the sound was off, and so all I got from it was robots and reusable containers. Yeah, and I guess that's what they want you to take away. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Can what? we start a monk bar? That actually sounded, <laughs> when you described it, that actually sounded really nice. <laughs> I think it might be a very limited 
a segment of the population that's interested. I in don't that. know. Email us. Let us know if you would uh, be a patron at a monk bar, and if so, where you live, because we'll relocate yes. our life. And what your what your average drinks per week are? Right, um, Genevieve. And if you're a good tipper, um, I moved some things around on the show sheet because I thought this next commercial would be a good follow up to that because this yes. next commercial has the exact opposite diametrically message opposed of the one that we just talked about. Yeah. The the balls on bounty is all that's the balls what on I will bounty. say like in this era of reuse you know reuse reduce recycle um reducing our waste like bounty just is like nope that doesn't help our bottom line mm-hmm. we need you to use more paper towels exactly and I am somebody who in my life has and I've known this too I have an inclination towards using way too many paper towels. Uh, I grew up using a lot of paper towels to clean stuff. And then as an adult, I just, I mean, I don't even want to think about how many paper towel rolls I would go through in a week. Now, we still use paper towels here, but I have gotten so much better, especially after talking to my friend Hannah on the Spotless podcast, about finding a slightly more sustainable way to putter around the kitchen. You know, we now have a hefty amount of, like, kitchen towels and bar rags. And I'm trying to not grab a paper towel every time I want to wipe down the counter. I never want to dry my hands in a paper towel. That's such Mm -hmm. a waste. Mm -hmm. Um, You can use, use, we always have kitchen towels, um, and we try to wash them frequently so they're not we're not just like using a dirty kitchen towel we have a lot that we rotate through yeah and i will say though that i am also somebody who does have in the back of my mind how dirty is this towel that i'm using i'm very cognizant of it right i'm often giving towels a sniff test and if they even start to smell like they're getting Uh, and i think too like if you're gonna clean if you're gonna dry a clean dish grab a clean towel goodness yes that should be always yeah but if you're just gonna like sweep some crumbs into the sink it's not like the towel doesn't have to be pristine to do that kind of work, you know? Yes. Although I actually, I disagree a, a little bit. I like to keep the kitchen counters. At, I, I'm constantly using um, multi-purpose brand the counters because that's a food prep area. And I don't like to just like brush crumbs away. I like to keep it pretty clean. So I often will make sure that I have a pretty clean towel, even if I'm doing that. I don't want just like a, a you know, like a dirty old. I remember sitting in... Um, elementary school cafeterias and you'd be like eating your food and then somebody would be like pick up your tray and some you know staffer would come by and wipe down the table with a nasty ass that smells like mop water cafeteria mop water rag and like that must have really stuck with me too so I'm pretty meticulous about these kinds of things but what I do is I just make sure I have a lot of towels that I can go through and then yes I have to wash them in the washing machine but it's still better than going through a roll of paper towels a day but as you said Genevieve the balls on Bounty. Bounty's they not having it. are trying to reinforce this idea that if you're reusing a towel to wipe down your microwave and your counters and your um, refrigerator, refrigerator handle. handle, that you're just smearing more food and germs all over it. Yeah, so you have a dad here um, cleaning his kitchen, and but instead of using a paper towel or a, instead of using showing him using like a, a dish towel, He's using like a waffle or some other mm-hmm. piece of food uh, it, to wash yeah. it down. So it's, if, it begins with it him. It's sort of absurd. It begins with him uh, taking an onion, like a yeah. half of an onion, and taking the flat side and just smearing it <laughs> all over the counter. And you don't understand what he's doing. And then the voiceover will help out a little bit. And then, like you said, you see a wa- he's wiping down his refrigerator with a waffle. At one point, I think he's got a piece of toast with like I think. Um, peanut butter on it and he's wiping down the stove and just smearing peanut butter all over it is 
it is, I think, a brilliant campaign. Yeah, it's a smart idea. And visually very evocative. It's morally bankrupt, but it's a <laughs> yeah, smart idea. Exactly. Take a listen. You'd never want leftover onion residue or any food residue on any of your surfaces. Ugh, but that's he's, wipe, could... he's wiping his uh, microwave off with a piece of pizza. And yes, it's the messy side of the pizza. <laughs> but that's what you could be doing if you're cleaning with a used dishcloth, even after you've rinsed it. So switch to a fresh sheet of Bounty for a more hygienic clean. Unlike used dishcloths that can carry and redistribute residue, Bounty keeps your surfaces cleaner because better hygiene begins with Bounty. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Or a clean towel, you nut. <laughs> it is effective, though. I it will say effective. again, like, you Watching might not want to... Watching somebody smear marmalade all yeah. over their stove yeah. definitely makes you want to uh, see it be cleaned. Uh, okay, so as far... Like but is said, anyone mad about this? Maybe morally... Am I the only one who's mad about this? No, I mean, obviously... But again, they... You know, they have a product to sell. You know, in, fa in fact... I would take this over some bullshit bounty campaign where they pretend like they're saving the earth in some way. Like, I don't know, like the Dawn campaign uh, <laughs> of, of using Dawn, Dawn to clean oil off of ducks. Um, like if bounty was trying to be something else and it was just so transparently bullshit, that would bug me more. They're, they're just like leaning in and being like, yeah, you want a clean, fresh experience? Rip one of these paper towels off, use it once and you throw like it away. You like a clean stove and you hate forests, Bounty's your That's product. That's right. Now again, it, I'm just talking about the ad campaign, not whether or not you want to get on board with that message. But Yeah, I'm pretty mad about it, actually. Mm. I kind of don't want us to use Bounty anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think we usually do. We use it. Uh, we use Thirsty. We use Thirsty. That's the <laughs> brand of paper towels we use. Um up next, we have a Wayfair commercial that caught your eye because there's a favorite comedian in it, or so you think? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so Wayfair's got Kelly Clarkson as their main spokesperson now. Um, and, of course, Kelly Clarkson, famously American Idol's first winner, huge recording star camp, you know, uh, career. Um, but she's now entered the part of her career where she is looking for sponsorships uh, and looking to be a, uh, looking to leverage her celebrity to be a spokesperson. So she I'm also in that stage of my career if any advertisers yes. are listening. <laughs> um and she's great in these I think like she's got this real kind of like um best friend energy I guess I would describe it as and she's in a bunch of these ads. She's and and the premise of each one of them it's kind of like it, it's kind of a common I think strategy where or, or premise where she comes into the into your home, tells you how much she you she, you know she likes your Wayfair sofa or your Wayfair dresser or whatever. I was gonna. I actually had to have a reminder of what Wayfair is. So it's a furniture company or a housewares. And yeah, it's like company. Overstock okay. or you know it, it's a kind of a it's a it's a premiocre uh, furniture online furniture uh, retailer. You know we've bought a lot of stuff from Wayfair there ourselves. What I think is weird about this is that for most of these ads, and there's a handful of them, um, it's very straightforward. She's Kelly Clarkson. She comes in. She's famous. So the people that she's interacting with, like, why is Kelly Clarkson in my home? Um, oh, I can't believe you like my sofa kind of thing. And it's like not, it's not groundbreaking. In this one ad, she walks into a kitchen and she helps a guy who's putting up a backsplash that this is kind of an interesting product actually it's a backsplash where you have these tiles that are sticky on the back mm -hmm. instead of like having to actually 
you know, they're not real tiles. They're like uh, vinyl tiles, basically. And you can put up a pretty backsplash using these sticky vinyl tiles. She hands a piece of this tiling to the guy who's doing the backsplash. And he says, thank you. And she's like, you're welcome or whatever. But I'm pretty sure that's Kurt Braunohler. And not that he's like a massively known name, but he's... He is a known name. I mean, he's like he's he's very he's pretty well known in L.A. and he's very well known to me because I went to a lot of comedy in L.A. Um, and he did a he does like a a show with uh, Kristen Schaal. But even if he's like, you know, it's just a little strange to me that he just seems like a little bit too well known to just be like an extra in this ad as as everyone else seems to be just kind of like they went to a casting call and they were cast as purchaser of a Wayfair sofa so I just think it's like an odd casting choice like he's a little too famous to be a note just to be a, a a player in this ad but he's in no way acknowledged as another famous person also he's not even listed in the credits for the ad yeah, well there's a there's a lot of that I know that's it's like, too, like it's very inconsistent about that um, but it's it really surprised me I mean I could be wrong but I feel like Braunauer looms larger in your brain than most people. And I know of him because I, he was on TBTL before my time. And I know he's been around for a long time. But I don't think that he is a – he's not like a household face. No, I know he's not like, a household name. I, I know the name in our household, but I didn't know this was his face until you saw him on TV and you got oh, excited really? about it. I had no idea that's so what he So you couldn't pick like. him out? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, even after seeing this. Well, I then maybe could, it's just my own – personal experience that's informing this feeling. I mean, I don't think it's only that. I think there are definitely people who would agree with you who know him very well. And he's the one, didn't he, isn't he the one who took the jet ski trip down like the Mississippi yes, or something? Like, so like, I, I know that he's famous. I don't want to make it sound like he's a no name. Yeah. Clearly he is famous, but like, I think among a very specific set and also I don't know about the face recognition. You know what I mean? Even if you've heard of this guy, um, like, like he's no Tignataro, right? Yeah, he's not as famous as Tignataro, for sure. And I just kind of picked her because she's pretty famous, but she's not also the most famous person in the world either. Right. So anyway, I don't know what I'm arguing here, but I do wonder if, because you're just such a fan of his, I wondered if that was influencing it somewhat. But Yeah, and I mean, you you become, you someone feels much, much more famous too, I think, when you have seen them in person a lot. And, and mm-hmm. it does, it creates like a, a fallacy or a, like a, sort of a bro you know like you, you don't you're thinking about it as a little bit off from like the mainstream yeah okay should we um hit play on this any other setup on the commercial itself like you said he's he's applying this stuff to his backsplash i am interested in this backsplash. sticky black backsplash yeah tile. i know i like it too i and have a then... feeling it doesn't hold up well it feels like something that like looks great for the first two days you know like the kind like those shows like um uh, trading spaces and all those like home decoration shows where they do something really fast like mm-hmm. in just a weekend we're going to redesign your whatever they use a lot of shortcuts like this for those kinds of shows and my sense is that something like this looks great for about two weeks just long enough to sell the house just long enough to sell the house exactly. i could see like somebody putting this up so they can take all exactly. those photos to stage it to stage the house yeah, yeah. um because i would imagine that if you're doing a lot of cooking like the heat could really affect i can't this. imagine this stands up well to heat get exactly what you want on wayfair hi last piece kelly clarkson you're welcome like an updated kitchen in just an afternoon it's a whole new look drinks from the new kitchen car yes the bedroom style of your dreams. This room is so you. 
I got it all in Wayfair. So now she's in somebody else's house. She's in like a woman's bedroom and she's admiring her Wayfair products. This room is so you. I got it all in Wayfair. Yeah, you did. And so did I. The perfect setup for game. It's the singer, it's the singer. Yes! I got next game. Kelly Clarkson. I love the sofa. Look at the storage. You like my sofa? I love your sofa. Did you um, Google Wayfair Kurt Braunohler by any chance? I did. What did you come up with? Um, I didn't really. It was hard to find, actually. I came up with a tweet uh, by somebody named Cat Hazard who says, in their 10 seconds on screen together in that Wayfair commercial, Kurt Braunohler and Kelly Clarkson display such natural and fun chemistry that I'm wishing for them to do a buddy comedy and take over the world. <laughs> and then Kurt himself responded, just finished writing the script. So there you go. I think that's the confirmation. I just, it doesn't sound like you needed confirmation, but that's, that's yeah, all the Yeah, I, I knew it was I him. I just wondered why it was so low profile. But I guess you're right. Like, he's... Sorry, Kurt. I guess you're not as famous as I thought you were. Or, I mean, I'm also face blind, too. So just... I'm just throwing out my... I just threw that out as a um, as a possibility. I could be totally wrong about yeah, this. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're right. I mean, I always wonder about... Like, I had the same question about Alfonso Ribeira in that... Um, I think it was a State Farm commercial um, where he's pretending to be Chris Paul... And I thought it was like weird casting that he was himself a known name, but like not treated like he's treated. Some people are treated like famous people playing themselves and some people are treated like actors. Mm -hmm. And it's always interesting to me, like, where do you fall on the fame line? Right, right. Next up, we have a, a Nissan commercial. And I have to be honest with you, Veeves, I don't think I've seen this one. This is another one that I saw um, somewhere where I was where the sound wasn't on, but I saw the the visuals and I was like really confused about what was happening and then i watched it uh with the vi with the sound on and it makes almost no more sense to me okay um so this is this is this commercial where for some reason a guy is driving a nissan and he's chasing a plane like a kind of a moderate sized prop plane so not a jet but like also not a Cessna like something a little bit bigger than a Cessna um, and it's kind of an old-fashioned plane it looks like an old some sort of an old World War yeah it looks like an old aeroplane. World War II fighter plane or something and it's it's racing down the runway in this desert scene and this Nissan guy in the Nissan is chasing it and as he's chasing it a beautiful woman who I don't know if we're supposed to recognize her. She looks a little bit like Gal Gadot. Um, it's Kurt Braunohler. It's Kurt Braunohler. She opens up, kind of like in an action movie, she opens up the door of the plane and starts throwing things out the door at him to like just you know, to, to get him off, this, uh -huh. off the trail of the plane. Which, first of all, if you're in a plane that's at speed to take off, your best bet to outrun even a Nissan Rogue is to just take off. Because yeah. even a Nissan Rogue cannot fly you're so sure of it just yeah just get just take off like don't throw these crates and boxes and stuff out the door at the nissan but she's throwing crates and boxes he's demonstrating the nissan's i guess you know uh handling and uh nimbleness by dodging these things while he's chasing this plane and then he says something about how it looks like i'm chasing a plane but actually i'm just here to tell you about the nissan sales event it's like well is he having an episode are you having an episode sir 
It looks like I'm chasing a plane to who? But it looks like because to, to everyone because you're chasing a plane. All right, let's. I want to. I want to see this. I know it looks like I'm trying to stop this plane, but I'm not. This is a Nissan salesman ad. Don't let that get away. Ooh, she's this pretty. Has more standard safety features than any car in this class, so you can handle almost anything. For 0% financing for 36 months on Rogue. Better hurry before these deals take off. Take off. I guess that's the tie-in that deals take off. Hey, Genevieve. Which is also not really a thing you say about deals ending. You know what that commercial is? What? Postmodern. Because he mentions that it's a commercial. He's he's talking about how he's in a commercial. Right. It is self-aware. Um, it's so terrible, though. Like, it just feels like... They got access to a plane and were like worked backwards from that. It does sort of feel that way. Yeah, they're like, Like, this is a cool plane. It makes no sense. Like, somebody was like, if we rent this plane for the commercial, can I also use it for the weekend? Yeah, right, right. Like, what's the, I feel like there's some story with this plane that makes this whole thing, Mm -hmm. there's like a missing piece that makes the whole thing make sense in a way. But I do think it's like a story that happened off of the off, off air. And on the iSpot uh, website, it does, when it lists the actors, all it lists is a cool plane. A cool plane. <laughs> so I do a think really boss a antique really plane. cool plane. <laughs> um, all right. We're talking, this next one is very upsetting to me. You know I'm a little bit of a pearl clutcher when it comes to bodily functions. Uh-oh. I was hanging out with our friend this weekend, and we were... We were just mostly chatting, but we had um, the TV on in the background to watch news about the storm in um, Louisiana. And so you know how it is. Like, you just got MSNBC or whatever on kind of, like, low volume, and we're just chatting. And suddenly, I just, like, broke our conversation off, and I was like, I have to rewind and just see what I – just understand what I just think I saw – and it was this Lumi commercial. Lumi is a some sort of natural deodorant for your um, bathing suit area mm-hmm. uh, for all the disgusting odors uh, and things that come from it. Specifically women? I think everybody. Um, it's Although it's mostly women. It's a little unclear from this ad, but it's it seems, it's a, a female spokesperson okay. anyway. Um, but so you have a, a woman doing yoga in a yoga room. And I agree, like, that's going to, there's going to be probably some stinky stuff happening in yoga rooms. But instead of, like, most deodorants focusing on sweat and the odors that come from sweat, this really goes to a bad place. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to let you play it. I'm just going to tell you that you're seeing a woman in some kind of yoga pose in a room full of other yoga people. She's talking to the camera while she's doing yoga, and her head's kind of like right at butt level from someone else who oh, is no. doing a yoga pose. Oh, no. Lumia works by stopping odor at the source. Bacteria. Most crotch and butt smells come from Ugh. bacteria on the skin, breaking down fluids and farting out odor. Lumi stops them from eating so they can't fart. Now they're polite germs. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. I never. Goodness me. Lumi. Keep your privates private. They really oh, speed so through that. Happens. I need So fast. So much happens. I need you to go back to where they... So when you hear that, hello, governor, hello, governor, they have these little cartoon, gross, grimy germs popping out of a cartoon butt crack. And then they become polite and they have top hats and monocles and they speak in British accents. But if you go back to where they show all the things that it protects, all the odors protects from, I want you to read to me 
what are what is listed on that uh, on that list? Oh my! Okay, it looks like blood, sweat, semen, and urine. Blood, sweat, semen, and urine. One of my favorite bands from the seventies, although. <laughs> You can see them today, but I don't think they have any of the original members anymore, unfortunately. They only play at the Emerald Queen Casino. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Blood, sweat, does blood semen, smell? and urine. Does uh, does blood smell? Does I mean, I guess it does, but do we have to list semen here? We have to list semen here. I mean, that was what stopped me in my tracks when I was watching this. What was our friend's reaction? She was also appalled. Really? Yeah. A surprise. I thought she might just be like, "Oh, yeah, you got to watch out for the semen smells." Yeah. But no, she was. She joined me in being uh, shocked, but they were calling out specifically semen, and that we're watching this happen come out of a cartoon butt crack, right? And have having these farting germs talking about all their stuff. From the confines of a butt crack. And you're just trying to watch the news. I'm trying to watch the news. Now, the thing that also drives me crazy here is I know that we as dumb Americans equate a British accent with classiness. Right, but this isn't the fancy kind. This is not the fancy British accent. This is like Cockney. Yeah, right? Like that's not fancy. This is one of those products and campaigns for one of these new new products, you know, startup products, whatever, where they're intentionally being provocative with their marketing and their marketing language and like their no sort of a no bullshit, no Mm -hmm. euphemisms kinds of language. You know, uh, we've talked about a lot of those kinds of things in the past. And I am a I am, you know, notoriously a pearl clutcher when it comes to these things. Mm -hmm. But. Blood, sweat, semen and urine, that's I just have to leave you with that. Mm -hmm. Well, don't leave me with that. <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> Please don't leave me with that, Genevieve. Um, you have uh, two more commercials on this list, both part of the same campaign for the same product. This is another one that I watched where I just thought, what are you doing? Okay. It's so, and, and this is Patton Oswald, who I love. And J.B. Smoove. One of them. Is they both JB do. And, okay, so both. this is for Caesars Sportsbook. Um, which is just like an online betting thing for sports betting. There's a whole campaign here. There are four or five ads, um, and some of them only have J.B. Smoove, um, mm. and he's he plays Caesar, like a modern, in a, a sort of modern take on Caesar, and he's he's standing before these huge crowds and a, a a reimagining of like the Roman the Roman times. Mm-hmm. He's J.B. Smoove, though. He's super cool. He's wearing cool sunglasses. And um, he's explained, he explains in some earlier uh, entries in this campaign, like what, what this is and why Caesar Sportsbooks is the best. But then it gets really fun when he comes out to greet the throngs of people and just celebrate with them and, and revel in his, his, you know, Lordliness. Yeah, in both of these, it's like this vibe between or, or this combination of like uh, some sort of a great Roman gathering with Caesar talking to the people, but also it's like a modern day outdoor concert experience yeah. with like these giant screens, and you have Pat Oswald as one of the people in the crowd, and he's he's acting like he's at some sort of a like a 
I don't know, a, a Dave Matthews band right. show in and the that's, gorge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like mixing up modern and also uh, kind of ancient tropes and stuff. And I think that's fine and fun. Um, I just grabbed these two. One of these, this is another one where I saw it in the background somewhere and I noticed it was Patton Oswalt and I was curious to see if it was a funny. It's, it's pretty funny. So we have a couple of ads, which I, I didn't bother to grab, that are just J.B. Smoove talking about Caesar's Sportsbook. And it's not in this big crowd. It's like in the same universe, but he's mm-hmm. like preparing to come out and talk okay. to the crowd. He's in his uh, chambers or mm-hmm. whatever. I wonder if I would like those more. I don't know. Maybe we can look at them if you want. I could have grabbed them. Um, at this one, he's now holding court up at, up at the podium somewhere. And you're going to hear him very faintly in the background, just kind of like shouting. Patton Oswald is a a fan and a Roman citizen, I guess who's in this big crowd, like you said, like he's at a Dave Matthews band concert and trying to sort of pick up the woman standing next to him by bragging about how he's been on Sportsbook. He's known he's been on this tip forever. And mm-hmm. he's <laughs> there are a few kind of funny jokes, I feel like, uh, about how he's he's been with he's seen some of Caesar's earlier speeches like mm-hmm. the aqueducts. Anyway, why don't you give it a play? <laughs> like so you're you're going to hear Pat Oswald talking to this other concert goer or speech attender and she's totally ignoring him she's just like not giving him the time of day hey i'm carl he's the best right i was at all his early speeches the aqueduct one i've had the caesar's app since it was in beta testing the live in-game betting is my idea you know i usually like bet on hockey and stuff oh my god they're up by two at the end, he turns, and the woman that he's been annoying the whole time is just gone. She's not. She's not, by the way, like acting all annoyed or anything. The you whole never time. even get a look at her face. She's just kind yeah. of like, yeah, vibing out, and uh, and then she's gone. I just hate that commercial so much. Really? Maybe it's because I hadn't seen the previous ones, and I didn't know about the universe. But that is just so confusing and ham-fisted to me like it just is it, well this next one let's play this next one too because so this, this is next one yes and i didn't even realize because he's so far in the background i didn't realize that's jb smooth who i really like now he's more prominent in this one so i watched it and i got excited for a second because i do just like him right yeah. he's just kind of i like pat oswald i like pat oswald as well um but this one, I've, has, I think I've seen all of his early speeches. Like the aqueduct that's a good one joke. is yeah. a good joke. Yeah, the aqueduct one is a good joke. Um, I. Uh, Anyway, there's a but I, that one left me very confused. I was like, "What is going on? Like, why?" And I don't know. And again, this might just be me and the beef stew, and just like you know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta I, you I gotta really have. There's like a, a beef stew yeah, uh, handicap right. on all of our stuff today. I'll go. I'll uh, I'll go to the gym tomorrow and then rewatch <laughs> these. And I'll tell you if I like them better. But um, I already was in a bad place because of that one we just watched, and I didn't like it. And then this one adds a third element of confusion that whether this is Roman times or a modern concert experience, how the hell does, how do the hell they insert this new thing, which is an old fashioned 1940s era, like ribbon microphone, like yep. kind of picture Bing Crosby microphone in the middle of the crowd so that Patton Oswalt is in the crowd asking, like 
what the fuck is this? Yeah. Is it a book tour where people are asking questions from the crowd? <laughs> is it a, I have more a, a of a rock comment sh- than a question. Is it a, exactly? Is it a rock <laughs> show? Is it a speech? Like it just doesn't make sense. It just seems like they kind of had some ideas and some top tier talent. Yes, and they just kind of it just seems it feels messy. It feels messy feels and just like messy. kind of like I don't know. I don't mind the the. Uh, the conflation of two time periods. Um, there's one that we've talked about. There's a campaign we've talked about for some kind of, I think like a minivan or something where, or maybe it's a car buying service where the, you know, it takes place in some historical period and everyone else is driving buggies or chariots or whatever. And somebody else rolls up in their new car and she says, Oh, I got it on, autotrader.com yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I remember that, like, Those yeah. are fine. I, I think it's fine to, like, I think it work. It can work to have um, something that's, uh, what's the what's that word I'm looking for, like, uh, when something's in the wrong time? Anachronistic. Anachronistic, thank you. Look at you. me knowing words. Look at you. Um, I think anachronisms can be really funny, but I agree with you that this just feels like they just had no con no clean concept yeah almost like they had maybe too many ideas but yeah. not and, and just like well we'll do this and we have, and again like i like both of these comedians so i understand i understand the um do you think they the just temptation w- wound up that. Patton oswald and said like and let's just get half an oh, hour of tape with him and see what we get i don't know i mean, I mean he's capable of that yeah i'm sure there's some of that in here i know some people who think that's Basically every commercial, every commercial that's good, they think that it's all improv. I don't usually like assume that about every commercial with a comedian, but I'm sure there were some that Patton was bringing uh, to the table himself, and, and, and you know maybe even that aqueduct joke, right? Like, um, but yeah, again, like there are there are glimmers of hope in this campaign, but I just think it's a mess. Oh, also, we were saying, is it a is it a you know, book reading, concert, speech, whatever. Also, now it it would appear that there's a a press conference element here because Caesar has a million press microphones with press flags all over it. It's like, it's it's not about different time periods. It's just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't know. I agree. Let's play this one. This is the the second one here. want to make sure you're saying on my first bet the caesar sportsbook app will cover any loss up to five thousand dollars yeah carl that's why i released those five thousand dollars five thousand dollars you're sure about that because that sounds carl are you paying attention the deal is good for all new customers except carl Everybody give it and now he hates carl well carl's being uh for whatever reason he he really doesn't want carl to harsh his buzz here yeah and i guess he knows carl yeah carl seems like he probably does ask a lot of questions at these whatever yeah, things that these is, are he definitely does have the he has more a real a, frequent flyer vibe to me i actually have a comment and two questions <laughs> <laughs> you want to do is criticize i love the criticism i don't want the bad reviews i want our i i really appreciate and i i realize this is really rewarding the squeaky wheel um although none of these people are listening so they're not feeling rewarded if that's any consolation um i appreciate there were hundred there were over 200 um wonderful kind five-star reviews that i was delighted to read but the good reviews don't make me laugh the bad reviews make me laugh. 
So I just wanted to... Especially were, the ones that hurt my feelings. There were only three, which is pretty amazing. I mean, I guess that's, I guess I'm bragging. I guess this is as sort of a humble brag of reading this, like the only bad reviews, but they're so funny. So I want to read this to you. This first one is called, is headlined, Self-Important Frippery, which... Doesn't it, somebody who uses the word frippery is yes. self-important. Yeah, you are absolutely correct. Um, self-important frippery. And then this is the review. Discussing advertisements is of some interest, but this podcast is largely the unconsidered airing of the host's editorial opinions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> what, you know what? What did you think? Let's do this podcast what without our editorial. And also, like, why do you have to say editorial opinions? This is somebody who is not that smart. And boy, it would be funny if they are still listening. But oh, I hope is you writing are. like they think, like yes. their editorial this- opinions. Guess what? How about you get an editor and just make it opinions? Yeah, like right? the discussing advertisements. We're talking about commercials. Just relax. We're everybody. not even to the best line. Yet another podcast. I, this person must be so disappointed by all podcasts because that's literally all podcasts. Yet another podcast dominated by the impotent hand wringing of a dullard. Just loves the word dullard. Dullard. Genevieve should seek out a co host. Who scintillates rather than this tired, wet blanket? You're the dullard. This person is such an <laughs> asshole. Like you can just tell that they just they love they they oh have they like, love the sound. I've of their met own this voice. person so many oh, times. Yeah. They they have like a you know who this is. I guarantee you this is a white man between the ages of fifty five and sixty five who is the most irritating yeah. mfr to he sit next to he might be your it a, guy a counter Sorry. or a bar oh really i don't get it from him i get somebody who who majored in english uh-huh. in Watch it. the 70s <laughs> 70s <laughs> still considers himself like really well read but has some sort of job that he feels still is like slightly beneath him like he works in sales uh-huh. or, you know in some sort of sales position that he thinks is slightly beneath him because really he's like a very well-read guy who yeah, he's loves eri- he's oh, erudite and he yeah. can talk your ear off about updike and he does and he does yes Ugh, well s- spoken discussing a- advertisements is of some interest but yes. the podcast is largely the unconsidered airing of the host's editorial opinions well stop it with your impotent hand-wringing you dullard yeah also what is it impotent hand-wringing like that doesn't even make sense no, those words just they're just words that he's put together um all right this next one i truly love and it also baffles me. Mm-hmm. This one is headlined, Tuned In for Star Trek Episode. Oh, right. Should we just give a little context and mention for those who don't know, although this probably half our listenership now, but our friend Ben Harrison, who hosts The Greatest Generation yeah. and other Trek Who, by related- the way... Ben makes me look like Barry Goldwater. Right. He's, okay? he's like, not like some conservative. If your problem fella. with this show is that it's too liberal, your antidote is right. not going to be Ben's show. But I do know that because he's on the show from time to time, he will then kind of mention it on his podcast yeah. nicely. And then other people from Greatest Gen and everything will check out our show. And that's yeah, how no, we got a lot of listeners, which is it, really yeah. cool. So, um, so this person is one of those people, apparently, who's a listener of Ben's. Yeah. So tuned in for the Star Trek episode, the quote from the female host, that's me, (laughs) well, we're a really terrible country. Yay, more liberals. Won't listen after this episode. Go vote for Biden to steal the election another 5,000 times. (laughs) 
Wow, really? This one's new. This one's all, yeah, this one's, well, it's since it's be, it, would, it would have to have been in yeah. like the last year or so. Um, so there's, there's a lot to unpack here, yeah. obviously. Also, um, you did it a service by actually, the actual I line didn't read is, <laughs> yeah. we, L-L, we are E, a really terrible country is actually. So this was a very well-considered comment. Yeah, there's it's not great. Um, but I just love it when anyone calls me a female, first mm-hmm, of all. Mm-hmm. It's my most favorite. Um, and I just think it's so hilarious that, like, whatever he's getting from the greatest generation is somehow, like, not, you know, freaking him out politically. You know what is weird, Genevieve? And I have no idea why, and this doesn't make sense, and I'll bet you I'm quite sure I'm wrong. You just said he. I have no idea why, but I assumed this was coming from a woman. And I don't I, think a woman I don't know why calls other that. women yeah. females. I that's mean, just really weird. That's and and this. Why would you ever think this was a woman? I don't know. And this isn't the stew talking lot, either. Because of, I saw this comment. I, I saw this comment yesterday, and for some reason, I was picturing like you know a Trumpy woman who wrote this. I don't know why. We could, I, I'm not arguing that we I'm could right. All be it's, just wrong. Weird, yeah. it's just weird, it's but you're just, right. It's like, just where we come from. But like, I take from this uh, a grieved white guy. Now, this next one, I got to say, I remember we've read this on the show before. This next I one, I think, one, goes though. back to like 2015 when yeah. we were a brand new podcast. This one's hilarious. Had headlined, wanted to like it, but can't. I looked forward <laughs> to honest reviews, both good and bad, but they only discuss what they love. Seems to be too influenced by ad companies. How about some opinions from a consumer's point of view? You won't find that here. I'm a consumer, yo. I I consume. This one I have trouble with because it is true that the ad industry has been just been dumping so much money on us. And it's clear by listening to me especially that we have a lot of insider information about how commercials (laughs) are made. You can really tell that is you know that was something I told you early on, Genevieve. That I was worried that I'm so articulate about yeah. commercials that people are not going to trust me because I'm too smooth and too informed. You're the most articulate dullard around. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I um, have a voicemail here, Genevieve, from a listener named Catherine. And Catherine is responding to a commercial that we played last week. I believe it was for Ram Trucks. Yeah, God Made a Farmer. Yes, God Made a Farmer. And this was a commercial. Okay, I see it here. It's from Super Bowl of 2013. So it's getting, getting long in the tooth. And it was actually a monologue originally um, given at the Future Farmers of America by Paul Harvey, right? right? And it's archival audio of him giving this speech. Actually, should we just take a little bit of a listen to yeah, it now play, and then play we'll play the voicemail? It. It's, it's two minutes, so don't play the whole thing. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. Hi, this is Catherine in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that God made a farmer commercial, that is the first one that has ever made me just scream in surprise. The cult thing is, I I just, I don't even have words for it. Hmm. I can't imagine just 
being, living my life, and having the TV on, and hearing about a dead colt. I don't understand. I don't understand what that's selling. <laughs> Love the show. Bye. It's funny. I ended up being net positive on that commercial, but also understanding the context for yeah, it. Yeah, but also I can understand if you haven't see if you can't mm-hmm. haven't seen the visuals, um, or or maybe don't have all the context that you and I have, maybe because of our age or circumstances or whatever of sort of who Paul Harvey is or was, um, who he was speaking to. Um, you know, it is a somewhat jarring it image is. Yeah, that yeah. that is is in that ad and I think it's meant to be uh it's it's meant to be very evocative. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it, it it definitely that's like the line that really jumps out at you for sure. I agree, Catherine. Head council, it's jingle time. Hey guys, it's Melly in New York and uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. But uh, it's a bubblegum commercial from Bubble Yum, and it goes, You're working hard now. Have some fun. New yum it up with a new kind of bubblegum. Lemon and lime at the same time. Two flavors in one. Okay, bye. Does that ring any bells to no, you whatsoever? I don't remember that. I mean, of course I've heard of um, Bubble Yum, but I do not remember that one. And I think I vaguely remember when Bubble Yum started doing this thing where it was two flavors in one, because I, I can... I feel like we didn't chew tons of gum in our house, or at least not that kind. We had a no sugar, we yeah. had a sugar-free gum only policy in my house, so gum was like not that awesome of a treat. This is a weird um, memory, but you know, I had family. I, I grew up in Cleveland in the Cleveland area, and I had family in West Virginia, in Wheeling, West Virginia, about a three-hour drive, and we would go down there to spend a weekend every now and then. But one time, I think this might have been the first road trip I ever went on without my parents. It was just me and my grandma Simsick. And I remember, I don't know if it was because I, I was with my grandma that she let me buy a couple of packs of this kind of bubble yum. I yeah, think. the really sugary yes. stuff. And I remember like sitting in the, in, I feel like I was in the back seat, but I must have been in the passenger seat of her car, chewing this bubble gum and listening to whatever Beatles, I want to say it was like a... I think it was Rubber Soul. Listen to Rubber Soul over and over and over uh, in my uh, Walkman. Which, looking back, that what a what a shitty road trip partner I ended up being. <laughs> I'm in the back seat with my headphones on, chewing and snapping my gum while Grandma's driving the three and a half hours down to Wheeling, West Virginia. But yeah. anyway, seeing the pictures, You're a terrible grandson. I really am seeing the pictures of this gum uh, brought back memories for me. Although I don't remember this particular commercial. This is from 1985, and it's interesting. It's got this. Um, I don't know how to describe this animation style, Genevieve. It reminds me a little bit of the guy from um, Monty Python. Some sort of stop motion. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's sort of stop motiony, or it's like it's layers of photographic images, but then kind of two dimensionally animated mm-hmm. in layers over each other. And we see. I don't know how to describe the plot. I, I would like you to maybe help me with this after <laughs> we watch it. We see a young man, and he's in a grocery store, and he's ringing up a whole bunch of groceries, right? And he's like wearing his red apron like a classic kind of grocer but he's he's young like a teenager and then some woman who i believe represents the gum pops out of his she personifies the gum pops out of his cash register which is an old-timey cash register and then the next thing you know she's she's shooting him into space with these 
pieces of bubble yum. Right. And now there's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I know how this sounds. And now, it's how it also looks. Is this, <laughs> this is real. Um, there's like a space station or some sort of satellite system out in yeah. space. And I now, think it's a space station. And now that's shooting pieces of bubble yum down into this kid's space. I don't know, man. And then at the end, <laughs> is he delivering groceries or he's coming home with his own groceries? And then the woman shows up again and sucks him into space uh, with one. What do you call that? The the beam that comes down and, right. and sucks you up. Sort into of space. Earth Girls Are Easy style. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm sorry. We could just cut everything out because it doesn't make any sense. It's the ramblings of a lunatic. Here's I what realize I think, how this Okay, sounds. I haven't actually seen this. Okay. But based on you describing it and showing me some of the stills from it. Yeah, I'm sort of jogging through this as I talk. Here's what I think the story of this commercial is. And let's watch it and see if I'm right. Okay. Joe Blow here is working at, he works at the grocery store. He's just like a regular dude. Mm -hmm. But then sort of last Starfighter style, some alien, some super hot alien lady in an orange blazer, like zeroes in on him as a... super hot. Well... Put on the pole, Guillermo. Can you be super hot in an orange blazer? <laughs> anyway, in the land of the comer, in the universe of the commercial, she's hot. She, she's, she like sends him a sort of a message from space, uh, manifesting as a kind of like hologram or something. And through gum technology, she. It's hard. Abducts him to go live <laughs> on the gum space station. Does that feel right to you? I, I mean, it's better. Does than, that feel like so, like maybe it, that is a story that could be happening? It's better than what I said. Certainly. <laughs> also, I believe the word I was looking for was tractor beam. By yeah, the way, okay. I believe it's a tractor beam, or as you call it, an Earth girls are easy beam. <laughs> yeah, that that's what it made me think of. Sucks them all. Okay, just take a listen to this. You work so hard, now have some fun And yum it up with a new kind of bubble yum Yum it up Lemon and lime at the same time Two flavors in one Yum it up Strawberry and banana combined In one bubble yum You work it hard, now have some fun Yum it up with bubble yum, bubble gum Flavors in one. New luscious lime yeah. and banana berry split. So why is he at her house? So he's delivering. He's at his house. He, why is he ringing the doorbell at his house? Oh, you're right. He's delivering groceries. But she. it was all a ruse to get him to the tractor beam. So she did sort of seduce him. Yeah. With her blazer. With her orange blazer. Melly says, wow, I try not to listen to the jingle before I sing it for you. And it's really obvious with this one. I kind of wish I had listened to it before I sang it. But I always want to see what is left of a jingle in my brain. <laughs> I, I think she did a great job. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you did a bad job at all. Not at all. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I don't know how this episode is going to sound to the listeners, but I have four pages of edits I need to make on today's show. Yeah. That is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Genevieve? It's the beef stew. Can I make it's you a promise right now? I will never, ever have beef stew I think that's before recording. For the best. Yeah. An episode. You know what this episode isn't? A commercial for beef stew. It is not. Although, sometimes just planting the idea in somebody's head, I will say... 
it was so good. It really was so, so good. So I don't have any regrets, although I will be editing this for the rest of the night. That's right. Um, if you want to get at us, sing your own jingle. Call us at 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. You can brush up on the jingle ahead of time if you want, or you can play the Melly game. Either way, this is a safe space. We're not judging. That's right. Um, I mean, we do have a judge's hammer, but mm-hmm. we're not judging. Um, so, yeah, did you say go to the Facebook group? I didn't. Go but to the I Facebook would, group. Join the Facebook group. That. Email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Stop me. I burn headband, my eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodie, zoobies in my poopy. They all like, well, Heems, you too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now. Oh.